Are you feeling stuck in life or in business? Maybe you're not making the money that you know you should be making. Or are you finding yourself in opposing patterns? One minute you're in high performance mode, and the next you feel totally drained and burnt out. If any of that sounds familiar, then this podcast is for you. I'm Brenda Johnson, and this is the Limitless Life Podcast, the place where I help entrepreneurs like you become high performers. After changing my own relationship to money and success so I could turn my passion into profit, I decided it was time to help others do the same. I am obsessed with the power of the subconscious mind and helping you tap into it so you can finally have the limitless life that you're supposed to have. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Limitless Life Podcast. So before we get started, have you guys ever looked around at the influencers and the high performers who seem to be everywhere, featured in publications, on TV, like literally they're all over the place, and you're sitting there going, how did they do that? Let's be real. I know that you do play the comparison game, and that is why you are going to want to grab a pen and paper for today's interview. My guest today, she knows a lot about high performance and how to make sure that you are seen as a high-performing influencer that you want to be. Lisa Simone Richards is a PR and visibility strategist for health, fitness, and wellness entrepreneurs who want to get seen as experts and go from invisible to influencer. She's here today to show you guys how to build your brand, your business, and your influence. Lisa Simone helps her clients get free, yes, I said free visibility, using PR to get in front of their ideal client, but also build the credibility that gets clients to take that next step and invest in working with you. When she's not shooting national TV segments or working with editors on magazine features, you can find her swinging a kettlebell, getting her zen on at hot yoga, or shopping at her local farmer's market. Welcome, Lisa Simone. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hey, I'm so pumped to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And even just based on our pre-chat, I know we're going to have a really fun conversation. I know. I think this is going to be an awesome conversation. And I wasn't kidding. Like Everybody who is listening to this seriously grab a pen and paper because she's just going to be dropping some massive massive insights on you guys yeah I'm stoked about this I think that um for anybody who wants to up level their business and their influence like this episode is going to be key for you guys so listen up (laughs) so first things first can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like how did you get started in PR was this something you've always been doing You know what's interesting? You know how sometimes you have those qualities that have been in you since childhood and then all of a sudden it just makes sense when you're an adult that that's what you're supposed to do and get paid for? So that was my experience. I remember when I was about seven years old reading a magazine, Teen People. Do you remember that one? Yes. (laughs) Jonathan Taylor Thomas was on the cover, Home Improvement. And I saw the letters to the editor section. I thought that was so cool. So I actually wrote one, mailed it in, and lo and behold, a few months later, my copy came in the mail my name was in print my letter was in there it was super exciting so I knew I didn't necessarily want to be in in the media like an editor per se but I wanted to be involved so a few years later fast forward I'm in university and one of my sorority sisters is about to graduate and do a PR program sex in the city was in its heyday Samantha Jones made it look pretty cool so that was the beginning of me stepping into PR I did fashion and beauty for a little while, but the interesting part was I was working in a PR agency and my girlfriend and I started doing a women's only boot camp. 
we were having the best time. It was so much fun. We were getting physical results. We looked forward to going to our workouts and they were hiring a PR person, but had no idea what to pay a PR person. Like the starting salary was twice what I was currently making. So that's when I hopped over into fitness PR and I've never looked back since. So it's been about 10 years that I've specifically been working in fitness now. Amazing. I love that you could, that it's almost like you just fell into that position. Like you were literally born to be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And so I started off working with that women's only boot camp. We, I was there for about four years with them. We grew from 400,000 a year to 4 million. Then, uh, yep, huge growth. And that's the business. Um, then I moved over to work in corporate with one of the biggest Pilates brands. And I did that for a few years. And then it just felt so much more impactful to work with people who are running their own businesses, people who took a chance on themselves and left their safe corporate nine to five. So my stand is to make sure that these people never have to go back to a shitty beige cubicle to be able to make an income. I want you guys to be able to run your businesses and not just survive, but totally thrive. So that's what really drives me every day as a high performer in PR. Oh, I love that, especially because I came from a shitty beige it was blue actually it was a blue cubicle yeah we did have color and I had a window so I was one of the lucky ones but yeah I get it because so many people who are running businesses just and especially people who want to leave corporate and do something that they're passionate about they don't necessarily know how to do it or if they know the business side they don't know how to get their names out there which is why I'm so excited that you are here. So you have this line on your website actually that says, um, I've never had to look for a client. They all come to me and I'll show you how you can have that too. I think there's a lot of people out there who struggle to get clients. I know I work with a lot of those people. Some of it is mindset and some of it is just not knowing how to do it. So can you explain a bit about what PR is and why it's so powerful? Absolutely. So there are a lot, a lot of people interchange advertising and PR, and here are the differences. With advertising, you are paying to be featured. We all know what an ad looks like. We know how to scroll past it on Facebook, look past it at a billboard on the highway, or flip past it in a magazine. The difference is with PR and publicity, you're not paying for this exposure. You actually become the content. So maybe an editor features your workout on a three-page spread in Oxygen magazine. Maybe you get interviewed by Forbes as a business entrepreneur and people read that story. So the difference is you're actually getting earned media. You're not paying for this coverage. And there's a difference between saying, hey, I'm so great versus other people saying, oh my God, look at her, she's awesome. It's all about getting that third party endorsement and credibility. Um, earned media has a way more higher value. So let's way more higher value. That's proper English right there. <laughs> um, so let's take the example of creating an ad. Let's say you want to put an ad in Facebook, magazine, whatever it is. You're paying for the creative. You're paying for it to be put out there. And once you turn your ad spend off, that content disappears. However, if you get interviewed on something like Pop Sugar, that content lives on forever. You're not putting money behind it. I can look at different uh, interviews I did years ago and people will still come to me this day and be like, oh my God, I read about you and so-and-so and I'd love to work with you. Mm. So PR is always working for you, which is great and you're not paying for it and you're getting endorsed. So I'm not sure why so many people screw around with dropping money on ads when you could just get featured and get in front of just as many people but actually have that endorsement behind you. Which is why, because I remember years ago, somebody saying, you need, like on your website, you need to have that featured in bar. So you've got to get on things. And I was always like, oh, uh, okay. But yeah, the, hearing you say it, like, 
it makes sense. Yeah. It's such a fair comment. Like, look at anybody you might admire and respect in whatever sense of the word. Um, a coach, a, a like a life coach, a trainer, whoever it might be. One of the first things you're going to see on any of their websites is as featured on. Because mm-hmm. that automatically establishes credibility off the jump. And if you're somebody who aspires to be a speaker, for example, you're not getting introduced on stage as as advertised on Facebook. Like it's always as seen in Forbes, Fast Company and Inc. So you want to have those endorsements behind your name because they automatically separate you from the competition. Mm, so good. So good. So let's actually talk about that. How do you go about getting featured in the media? So I say one of the first things I always tell my clients to do is focus outward. So many people want to be like, okay, well, this is what my business does. And this is who I work with. And here are my success stories. And the truth is no one cares about your business as much as you do. It's such a stinging thing to say, but it's the truth. So when you show up with value, that's going to make a difference for the audience on the other side, the listener, the viewer, the reader, whoever it might be, that's when you actually become interesting and somebody wants to highlight you and feature you. So one of the first things to really think about when you want to get PR is consider who is your ideal client, not what's your favorite magazine or TV show, who is the person you're trying to reach and what's the conversation going on in their head right now? How can you say something that's going to be impactful for them and make a difference? So let's say, you know, we're having this conversation mid-March. Um, you know, you could try and pitch a TV station to talk all about, hey, we're launching these new boot camps and they go live at seven in the morning. Or you could show up and be like, hey, you know, it's March break. I know a bunch of your viewers are going to be traveling. I'd love to do a segment on hotel room friendly workouts and the only three things you need to put in your suitcase to stay fit on vacation. Amazing. Now you've become interesting, you've become timely, and you're not selfishly making it all about you. No one's trying to give you a free advertisement. Show up giving value, and that's when you're going to get a response from it. Amazing. Do you think, um, obviously, like working with somebody like you is going to have um, like huge benefits because you just know how to get into places. Do you find that when people are trying to get featured in the media that they go about it the wrong way? Oh my God, 100%. So I had the pleasure of attending a fitness um, conference in person last fall. And I was sitting, they had this like editor's table. So, you know, all these people who want to get featured in Oxygen and Strong and all these other magazines are going up and talking to the editors. And I was overhearing them and they're like, I do this and I did that and I did the other. And they're just hearing this 60 times in a row. They don't care. But, you know, one of my clients was in that room and she was like, you know what? I know your readers are interested in how to, you know, develop strength or a little more advanced. And I would love to contribute this kind of workout all about a military style workout so they can really test their limits. Guess who got featured in Oxygen Magazine? Her, because she didn't leave the conversation making it about herself. She actually truly cared about the person on the other end. Mm, Yeah, it's interesting too, because even just when we connected, the way that your email communication to me was, I was like, damn, <laughs> you literally, you had it all laid out, which is funny because I've had people who are like, oh, I want to be on your podcast. Great. What do you want to talk about? It's, it's, I, I'm not going to tell you what to talk about. You need to tell me what you want to talk about and how it relates. So yeah, that's interesting that a lot of people, I think that's life too, though. People think everything is about them. So there's a nugget there. It's not all about you. 
it's not all about you. It's all about facing outward, being of value to others. And you see this on social media too. Like people post about themselves and their gym and all of that kind of stuff. Like mm. do something that's going to make a difference for someone else. And that's when it becomes interesting. Actually, let's talk about that. So I see a lot of fluffy bullshit out there. And to be honest, I had a real issue using my authentic voice when I first started out because coming from a nutritional therapy background and then having the NLP and the hypnosis, I had this perception that I needed to speak a certain way and use big words and just wear like suit jackets or whatever. How do you grow your visibility and make sure that you're being your authentic self? You know what? That's a really interesting question. I think it's something that we grow into speaking from my own experience, very similar to you came out of a PR agency, wanted to be all professional online. And then I just grew into being myself. People want to do business with people, not with logos. Mm -hmm. So when you can show up and actually, you know what it's about? It's about creating connection. When someone can feel heard by you, feel seen by you, that already elevates you. You're not just trying to talk over them. You're really hearing them and you're connecting with them. That already is going to set you apart from 90% of people out there doing it. Mm, so true. When it comes to being an influencer, like being seen as an influencer, because that's the thing I keep hearing all the time now. Everybody's like, oh, you've got to be an influencer. you got to be an influencer. First of all, how would you define an influencer to people? Oh, okay. That's an interesting question. <laughs> so, um, wow. Okay. So when I think about social media and influencers, you know, there are the people with a huge following getting likes and comments, and some of them are monetizing, which is awesome. But like, I think a lot of people are using what Sarah Fennell refers to as ego metrics and like likes and comments can't get deposited at the bank. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to lead people, you need to be able to influence them. So when you're showing up in high visibility segments, when you're on a national television show, when you're on a huge website like Pop Sugar or Shape, that's creating influence. And something I actually wanted to touch on from what you were saying earlier, um, when we were talking about the email that I had sent you, it's not about being the best. You could be the best personal trainer in the world. It does not mean you're going to make the most money. It's about um, really showing up. It's about being fastest and the easiest. It's funny when I say that out loud. Um, <laughs> but like, especially when you're working with the media, they're not highlighting you because you're the best, you know, butt builder in the business. They're hiring. They're going to work with you because you came to them with the best idea, because you responded to their email the fastest, because you gave them the content that they needed to make their job easier. So the honest truth is there are a lot of people who are pretty shitty at personal training and fitness who are getting featured because they're the best and the fastest when it comes to responding to media inquiries. Mm -hmm. So if you're the best, it's your responsibility to be able to get out there so that you can make a bigger impact, because now the person who should be your ideal client is hiring someone who's not as good as you are. Oh, such a valid point. And what would you say to all the people, because I know there's people out there, just waiting for the magazines to contact them, waiting for the television shows to contact them. What do you say to those people? <laughs> Where else is it showing up in your life that you're waiting for something to come to your door? <laughs> it's not Amazon.com. <laughs> no, you have to be proactive. And you know what's really great is when you start to build a relationship with the right people in the media, now you actually have a rapport with them where they come to you. So a story that I love to tell back in 2009 when Twitter was in its heyday, I remember my CEO of the boot camp, she just wanted to get featured in the Globe and Mail, which is like Canada's Wall Street Journal. And um, so I was like, okay, we want to get a Globe and Mail feature. So I found the fitness writer for the Globe and Mail. Her name's Monique Savant. I followed her on Twitter. 
I didn't just pitch her. I started building a relationship with her. So I saw she tweeted one day about something about her cat, Enza. I have two cats. We started talking about cats. And I built a relationship with her. And then I went in and I made a pitch about a story. We got a full page uh, color image in the Globe and Mail. And then the next time she was writing an article on boot camps, guess who she came to? Us. When she was writing for Livestrong, guess who she came to? Us. So a lot of the time, it's really about finding, okay, who are the five people who are those gatekeepers between me and my ideal clients? How can I show up and serve them? How can I give them the most amazing content so that Every time they're writing something that relates to my business, they're actually going to start coming to me. And publicity no longer becomes a proactive thing you have to do. But you can actually sit back reactively and say, oh, the email, the editor from Self just sent me an email about writing a story on, you know, personal training. Sure, I can write that for you. Isn't that so powerful to be in a position where people are coming to you rather than constantly feeling like you need to push? Yeah, that's amazing, too. And so that brings me to a question is it true that when like the editors and people they're like they're always looking for content they're always looking for ideas right yeah so here's the difference about and how pr has evolved over the last 10 years i remember when i got started back in 2007 newsrooms were way bigger you know you had a few people responsible for one single beat there were less content platforms but now advertising dollars are decreasing, newsrooms are shrinking. So now you have fewer people who are responsible for the same print content, but now they also have to do digital content. They have to be filling the website. They need content for Instagram. They need stuff for Facebook. So you're actually a great resource to them when you can come and say, hey, I've got this idea for an article. I've got these high res images. I can support it with this video. And I know people you can interview. They're just like, wow, this person literally just handed me a story with a bow on top. Yes, you've made my life easier. Let's get you featured. <laughs> so because we're talking about like print and digital and television, do you have um, a preference? Do you prefer print over digital? Like what's your. So that's really specific to the business and its goals. Um, I think that one mistake that people make with PR when they actually do jump into it is they just care about vanity metrics like, oh, I got seen here. PR has got to drive an ROI for your business. I actually wrote a book called Profitable Publicity because getting, I know one personal trainer, she got featured on People Magazine. Like that has a reach of millions of people and she didn't monetize a single dollar off. What? <laughs> what a wasted opportunity. Oh my goodness. So in response to your question, let's say you're running a bricks and mortar business in, you know, but fuck Idaho, maybe mm -hmm. not, <laughs> but like wherever you are, like it's cool to get in shape or oxygen, but your ideal client needs to be able to walk into your facility. So that means local radio, local television, local newspapers is going to make more sense for you. However, if you're an online trainer and you can work with people in Australia, Japan, Canada, US, then you're going to want to go digital. You want to be able to have that click back link. So that's when an oxygen, a shape, something like that is going to make more sense because people can click and come to your business. So it really depends on who you are, what you're promoting and what's going to drive a revenue for you. It can't just be like, it would be cool to be seen here. Like if that's your intention, you want to collect the ad seen on logos, then cool, go for that. If you're that, you know, small trainer in Buttfuck, Idaho, yeah. and you've been featured on shape, oxygen, self, men's health, women's health prevention, People will be willing to pay more to work with you. Just know that you've built your credibility, but you haven't necessarily built it as a revenue generator. So it's all about mm. being super, super intentional with the publicity strategy you follow. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I want, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this myself and be like <laughs> taking so many notes. This is all such good information. And it's really interesting, too, because 
I just like years ago, I come from an advertising and marketing background. We worked like we had a PR person, but to be honest, I can't say that I actually knew what they were doing because okay, I was never same thing. <laughs> but now like I get it now and seeing the importance of like getting yourself out there and the I love the nuggets. One, it's not all about you. And two, in this case, it's not all about going for the biggest thing because if the biggest publication doesn't even like what you said, if you're living out in buttfuck Idaho, it's not even going to make a difference. Hmm. Yeah. I think about some clients that I worked with um, back when I ran a PR agency. So they have a company called sports specialist rehab center in Toronto. So they work with athletes on rehab and they became featured experts on a national television show called the social. So one of the most popular watch daytime shows across the country. And it was cool. It totally launched their credibility, but do you know when they had more people actually come into their clinic? when they did the crappy local TV station down the street because they were getting in front of people who could actually walk in their doors. So, you know, I talk about something a lot, if you don't mind me going into it really quick. Girl, go into it. (laughs) So it's called the ABCs of publicity. And this is where the intention comes up. Are you trying to build A, awareness, B, buzz, or C, credibility? So for them, getting in that local crappy TV station built amazing awareness for them because the people in their community knew about them and could walk into their doors. Um, when I worked at the women's boot camp company and we were about to you know, launch an eight-week program, we wanted buzz. We wanted to be on magazines, television, radio, podcasts, everything at the same time because eventually when someone has heard of this company 10 times, they're going to be like, all right, what is everyone talking about? Let me look into it. Or is your intention to build credibility? You want to stand out from every other trainer out there and you want to have that wheel of ad seen on logos? Perfect. Create the intentional PR to get on Forbes, Fast Company, and Inc. to make sure that you stand out from anyone else. Hmm. So would you say different levels of business need different levels of the A, B, or C? So if you're just starting out, what you sh- what should you be aiming for? Again, it's going to come down to everyone's going to have a different intention with it. I think credibility is something you should always be working on building. Um, But if you're in a launch phase of your business, buzz is definitely what you want to be creating. If you're just launching a new company, you need awareness because if people don't know about you, they just can't work with you. End of story. Even if you're the best in the world, you can't be the best kept secret. So it really depends on what stage are you in in your business? What are you looking to create that um, provides a real ROI? That's what you can focus on. And, you know, it's not to say you can't do all three concurrently. Maybe you're focusing on one or two at a time, but it's really about being so aware of what is the result I want to create in my business and which one of these A, Bs, or Cs is going to support me in building that. I love that best kept secret thing. I actually overheard some trainers at my gym talking and the one was like, oh, I'm like the best kept secret in this town. And all I could think was, why would you want to be a secret? Like, why do you want to be a secret? That's just weird. Yeah, no, you want everyone to know about you. So it's on you to make sure your brand gets amplified because if you don't, somebody else is. Well, and I think it's interesting too because I work a lot with people who are, they're afraid to actually use their voice. They're afraid to put themselves out there. So there's a huge mindset shift and it it comes back to the people are afraid to be judged for putting themselves out there. So this is interesting to have you on here and you're like, yes, no, put yourself out there. So we do need to toot our own horns sometimes, but just not make it all about us. Can I say it? Send a message to those people who are afraid of you. Yes. People are judging you anyway. So get over it. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. And usually it's ourselves judging us the worst. 
Like, oh my God. Yeah, okay. everyone's worried about what's in it for them. Like as much as you think someone's paying attention to you, they're actually probably paying more attention to themselves. Like I think about being in a yoga class sometimes and I'm like, oh, I can't hit that pose. I wonder if everyone around me is looking at me funny. Everyone else in that room is having the same conversation in their head about how they look. Mm. So chances are no one's sitting around judging you as harshly as you might think they are. Actually, that brings me to a great question I have for you because I was on your blog. I was reading some stuff and you have a post about speaking engagements because I, I know that a lot of people want to do speaking engagements and get paid for them. Let's talk about that, shall we? <laughs> Let's, please. I have so many opinions on this. <laughs> there are different purposes to speaking. So when I think there's totally a speak-to-sell strategy, um, I'm actually going to get close to being in a stage in my business where I pay to get on stage so I can make an offer. Um, again, it comes down to what the intention is. So I did two speaking gigs, two big ones last year. So one of them... Uh, my for actually hold on let's go back to my first speaking gig in the fitness industry in 2017. i got paid 250 dollars to talk for an hour that was pretty cool no it was even better when i got a private client for five thousand dollars at the end of that 60 minute talk last year i went and spoke at a fitness conference and i did not get paid i flew there i had to pay for my own accommodation I did an hour talk and I signed three people into my mastermind and a private client, which was, you know, close to a 30 plus K weekend. I'll pay all day long to do that. Mm. So if you're going to go speak just because you want to get paid $500 to do a 60 minute talk, I really think you're missing the point. Um, if your goal is to become a keynote speaker and you want to be a Hillary Clinton or Michelle Obama and get paid thousands of dollars to deliver a keynote, just know that that's a different strategy. But if you're only speaking because you want to get paid, you're looking at it from a very short term perspective, as opposed to really having that long thought out perspective on it. Mm. Man, this is this episode. <laughs> I'm super <laughs> stoked about this one. It's so it's full of like so much good stuff. So the the thing about the becoming a keynote speaker, is that something that you help people do as well? Like, nope. Uh, that's totally not my wheelhouse. If somebody wants to become a keynote speaker, I know some amazing people to help out with that. Um, I know for me, my focus this year is six big stages because when I saw what I was able to create in a one hour presentation at that fitness event, you know, for me now, I want to do six more this year because that actually might become one of the biggest revenue drivers in my business because I get to, people get to see me live and in person. They get to catch my energy. It creates really warm and hot leads in a short amount of time. So I love speaking because it's a great way to convert. And again, let's come back to the concept of influence that we were talking about. The way that you, if you're in the audience at an event, the way that you look at the person who's sitting beside you versus the way that you look at the person who's on stage delivering the talk is very different. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to have that influence to get up, be an authority and share versus the person who might just be sitting beside you in the audience. Mm -hmm. You want to be on the stage, not in the audience. Exactly. And when you get on the stage, they're going to say as featured on not where you've advertised or how many Instagram followers you have. So speaking is something you want to do. You need to be able to have those accolades behind your name. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let, what about the people who don't have any of those as featured on, but they want to speak? Should that deter them from speaking, not having those as featured on? No, absolutely not. Like, I mean, everything starts from somewhere, right? Okay, so you don't have them yet. Go get them. If you're going to hang out in the land of, well, I don't have them, then in two years, you're still not going to have them. You know, um, for a lot of people, I always talk about, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you fly. So if you've never been featured anywhere before, maybe don't aim for Oprah tomorrow. 
<laughs> but you can start getting featured on some podcasts. Then you can move up to writing some, you know, contributed articles for websites like Thrive Global or the Huffington Post. Then you can move up to being interviewed on television, radio, magazines, whatever the resource might be. So I think for a lot of people who also suffer from the imposter syndrome of who am I to be featured? It's a great way to actually grow your confidence, grow your visibility, because guess what? If you want to be on Oprah, their producers, like if you're doing the TV show or if you're going to be in the magazine, the editors, they're doing research on you first. They are going to vet you. They have a million people who want to be featured there. So you want to actually lay the foundation and the groundwork so that when the time comes that you're pitching a big name resource, that when someone Googles your name, there's more than just your website, and your Instagram link there. They mm. want to see where else you've been featured. And that gives you the credibility to make it through the next level of gatekeepers. That brings me to another question. You just keep spilling these things. I'm like, oh, I should ask about this. So I know that when I worked in corporate and the PR people there, they, I'll say they did things like damage control. And when we're talking about social media and stuff, is there stuff that people are posting out there that they should maybe not be posting if they want to be featured on these more high level places? That's a really interesting question. I think it comes back to authenticity. Just know that, like, if you're going to post something, know your mom might see it. Know that somebody who has an influence might see it. And if you're still okay with it, do it. I actually fully remember when, I'm, okay, I'm not going to drop the name of a company, <laughs> but an expanding fitness chain in Canada and the U.S. looked at hiring me for PR. And the weekend before, I was at my friend's bachelorette party in New York. And there is a picture of me lying on the floor with a closed bottle of rosé, pretending to be passed out. And he got on the phone with me. He's like, yeah, I saw you had a fun weekend in New York. I'm like, yeah, I did have a fun weekend in New York. And if you have a problem with that, we're not working together. <laughs> I don't care if you know that about me. That is who I am. I have fun. I go out. And if that's a problem for you, we're not a match. Mm-hmm. That's actually something you and I were talking about before we started recording was, I swear like a trucker. <laughs> I just do. It's because I'm passionate about things and sometimes I drop F-bombs. And it's funny because I did a post on Facebook and my parents are friends with me on Facebook now. And it happened to have fuck in the post. And I literally, I knew as soon as I posted it, five seconds later, my dad was going to call me. And he did. Oh <laughs> he my was, God, that's hilarious. He literally, he was like, you could be offending people. And I was like, you know what though? If I'm offending people, you're not my people. I don't want to be with you. And I actually really love that you share that because one of the things that make people interesting, okay, I have two things to share on this. Being polarizing is one of the best things that you can do. The people who are attracted to you will be more attracted to you. The people who are repelled by you, awesome. They were never gonna work with you and hire you anyway. You don't wanna work with people who aren't your ideal client. So bless them and send them away. Yeah. I always think about like Donald Trump and Kim Kardashian. You can't say those two names without someone having a visceral reaction to them, whether they're positive or negative. That's why they're at the top of their game. You want to attract the people who are all about you and repel the people who are not about you. Polarizing mm -hmm. works. And something, something I always share, I get so personal on these things. I worked with a dating coach a few years ago. And one of the things she always said is don't be vanilla, be pistachio. Mm. So now I always work on being pistachio. If someone doesn't resonate with me, that's okay. I love that. Don't be vanilla, be pistachio. That's amazing. I love that. Actually, my language is be rum and raisin. Most people have no idea what that flavor is. I took my boyfriend for it the other night. He's like, that's disgusting and weird. Like, it's the best. No, I think I need to agree with your boyfriend. Yeah, no, most people do, but that's cool. Like, the people who love rum and raisin love it. It's awesome. 
them. And the people who think it's weird, start <laughs> with a 10 foot pole. Like, can you imagine if Remy Raisin was like, please try me? Like, I'll oh. be a less Remy, or like, I'll take the raisins out. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that goes back to the whole authenticity thing. Like, stop trying to be somebody that you're not to bring more people into you that you want. Because let me tell you, I've worked with clients in the past that were not my my ideal client because I, in the beginning, would I had the scarcity and lack mindset, which I teach people that, but it was like, oh, I just have, I can't turn people away. No, trust me, you don't want to work with people who are not your people. You just don't. 100%. It's more exhausting down the line, so it's not even worthwhile to play that game. Which leads me to my next question. How do you actually work with people? Like, when they come to you, how does it work? What do you do? What's your process? I question. <laughs> um, so I used to actually run a PR agency. So people would hire me for a four month retainer and I would, you know, I could find the outlets. I had the relationships already. It typically, you know, one of the, the producers at city line, which is another national show here in Canada. All I have to do is send a WhatsApp to my friend Kate and be like, Hey, can this work for a segment? Awesome. The end. Um, but what I'm more attracted to do now is quote unquote, teach a man how to fish. Like, I would love for my clients once, you know, those retainer agency clients I had, once I was out of the picture, their coverage would start to dwindle because I'm the one with the relationship. Mm. So now I'm far more interested in showing people, here's how you create relationships so that you can keep getting coverage. So I work with clients in VIP days where let's say they have one PR problem that they want to solve. We will laser in on that and solve it. Um, I have a six month private coaching and mentorship program where I actually work one-on-one -on -one with people to create their messaging, to get featured, to figure out the right spots and help them to build relationships. Here's how you write a pitch. Here's how you promote the publicity that you've gotten so that that link gets a ton of clicks and that you, they want to work with you again. Oh, you just got featured on pop sugar. Amazing. Let's leverage that for a TV segment, which my client Leanne actually just did this morning. So mm -hmm. now it's really cool to see, you know, I think about one of my clients, Kathy, we worked together in early 2017 and um, we got her featured in self and we got her featured in men's health. So now it's 2019. I haven't worked for Cassie for with Cassie for about two years. She's since gone on to get featured on Pop Sugar, Shape, Oxygen, a whole bunch of other outlets because now she knows how to do it herself. And she's in the position where the editor from Self says, hey, I need an article on this topic. Are you available to write it? And another thing I actually want to add in from what we were talking about was speaking. A lot of the times when you're writing and contributing um, articles, you're not getting paid for it. And I hate when people make it about getting $200 for a stupid article. You're getting exposed to millions of people. That is your payment. For free. You get a byline <laughs> at the bottom with a link. That is your payment. Payment. But what's also cool in the cherry on top is Cassie gets paid a few hundred bucks for every article she writes. That's cool. It's not the point. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's, it's funny how people put a dollar amount on the strangest things. You have to look at the big picture. Like you literally just said you're getting featured exposure, free exposure, first of all, to like millions of people sometimes. That's interesting. Also, I want to go back to the podcasting because I, and I might be imagining this, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. You have a podcast, a five-day podcast pitch thing on your website? I do. I have this uh, free challenge that I, every time I talk about it, I'm like, I'm going to turn it into a paid product one day, but I haven't yet. Um, it's called the Pitch to Podcast Challenge. It's five days. And what I walk you through the course of five days, each video is less than 10 minutes, just as a note, because I know you're busy. Um, it teaches you how do you find the podcast that your ideal client is listening to, not just the ones that you like, but the person who's going to have the potential to hire you is listening to. Once you found those, how do you find out who the host is? Because you're going to have to reach out to them to ask to get on the show. How 
do you come up with a compelling pitch? I actually even share my fill in the blank pitch template that I use whenever I get on podcasts. I actually went out with uh, someone whose podcast I was on last year and he was like, oh, I use your template all the time. I remember receiving it and I was like, yes, 100%, I wanna have this person on my show. And I also share with you how to actually follow up with people. Cause I think a lot of people, whether it's in sales, whether it's in publicity, if you don't hear back the first time, they tend to shrink and think they're being a pest. No, you can follow up in a really strategic way. Cause I think about one podcast I applied for. I never heard back. I just took a chance and sent a follow-up that wasn't just, hey, did you get my last email? Because that doesn't serve anybody. And she was like, oh, I was just in the middle of the lo- a launch. It got lost in the shuffle. 100%. I'd love to have you on my show. Let's set it up. So I also share the script on that. So for those people who are listening who would like to get access to that free five-day challenge, it's going to be available at Lisa Simone Richards, S-I-M-O-N-E, lisasimonerichards.com slash limitless. And I am going to put that in the show notes so that everybody can grab it. Because I think that's that's the other thing, too. Like, we're talking about um, magazines and other things that are looking for content. Hey, guys, like, people who have podcasts, we're looking for interesting people to be on them. We're looking for people who can help our audience grow and become, in my case, limitless. Like, we're looking for you. (laughs) So don't expect us to just reach out and find you because that's not how it happens. Exactly. The early bird catches the worm. Right? So I like to ask people some questions, like just general life questions too. In your experience, in your journey, if you could go back, is there anything that you would change about your journey that got you to where you are today? You know, it's so cliche, but I'm going to say no. I remember working in the PR agency, the first one that paid me like peanuts and the crappy projects I would have to work on and the shitty coverage I would have to get. But then once I left that job and moved to the boot camp, I had a manager and within three weeks that manager was gone. All of a sudden I'm running national PR for a huge company when I just came from being a lowly entry level coordinator. But without those experiences, having worked in that agency, I would never have been able to, maybe I could have, but it would have been a lot more difficult to jump into running national PR for a company. So every, something I always would say, and I actually learned this from the bootcamp CEO, is every experience and challenge is an opportunity to learn and grow. So even those crappy things that were just like the muck when I was in them have served some sort of purpose today. Well, it's also awesome too, because it's all about the way we look at things, right? It's our mindset. You took that and looked at that as possibilities instead of limitations, yeah. And so I think that really helps people kind of step up and grow. So totally. I'm just in the process of uh, staffing a leadership training that I actually took last year. And one of the things they talk about in the training is that everything is neutral. It's your perception that filters, whether it's good or bad. Like one of my girlfriends, she just got a $57,000 tax bill. Amazing. You make so much money that you got a $57,000 tax bill. That's incredible. Some people, that's the most stressful thing in the world. To some people, that's a total savings. Mm-hmm. So everything is neutral. It just depends on how what your perspective is and how you're looking at it. It's so funny, the tax bill thing and how you look at it. Because so last year when I left corporate and started my business like full time, my tax season is a little weird because I have like my sole proprietor and then I incorporated and then I have my personal taxes. So I basically have three sets of taxes from last year. But I got my notice today And she's like, oh, you owe this much money. Can you pay it by the end of the month? And I was like, yes, I can pay it by the end of the month. 
Like it's an exciting way just to see things and shift. So that's funny about the tax story. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a blessing. You make so much money that you owe. That's awesome. And right. honestly, getting a refund just means the government's been sitting on your money, creating, collecting interest on it. So, you know, that's a whole nother episode. I know that's a whole nother podcast that we could get into. So what are some things that you're passionate about right now? Career-wise, life-wise? I'm scared to death and excited about leveling up and hitting my next cut. So I was just in my mastermind, or not my mastermind, I'm part of a mastermind. So I was there with my coach in San Diego and the other people in it. And just being around people who are like doing the most insane, amazing things. Like one woman made $100,000 in a month. And I'm just like, what? So, you know, now I've left that and I'm like, I left with, you know, the goal, the income goal that I had for November. I'm like, let's see if we can hit that for May. Mm-hmm. So I'm really toying around. And someone said this in a video in the mastermind yesterday that she always wants to take her ceiling and make it a floor. So the things that are ceilings to me, I'm looking forward to turning those into the floors and letting that be my new like bottom out. And I'm only going up from there. Mm, so it's love that. terrifying AF, quite frankly, because I don't know what that is. I've never been on that side. And how cool is it going to be when I can look back and be like, I did that and look where I am now. Love. Oh, love, 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 love that. So let me ask you this. What does it mean to you to live a limitless life? I think it really relates to what I was just saying. It's really just always pushing for your next boundary. It's getting out of that comfort zone because comfort zone is so damn comfortable. We know it. We know, you know, our friends and family accept it. But every time you step out, you're growing, you're leveling up. I think about um, the peer group that you surround yourself with is so important. I think about when I left my corporate, I actually got let go from my corporate job. I remember calling my mom. (laughs) And I was like, so don't freak out or anything, but I just got fired. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've had this business on the side. I'm going to turn into full time. Well, maybe you should go get your master's first. No, like, I'm just going to actually go for it. And, you know, now she's all like proud and bragging on her daughter and stuff. But like, I've lost friends in the process. Relationships have changed in the process. But I'm not going to be able to hit my full limitless potential unless I constantly evolve and I constantly grow. And it's unfortunate when you lose people in your life to that. Like, I'm really sad about some of the friendships that don't exist anymore. And I think about the people who I've met along the way who are constantly pushing me. And I'm just like, I need a break. They're like, no, you don't. Hit your next level. In, like, the best way possible. So I love constantly stretching. Mm. I just got shivers. That was awesome. But it's true, too. People, when you are performing at higher levels, when you're up-leveling, when you're doing things, sometimes... We do end up losing relationships. Things have to change. So I'm glad that you said that. For some people too, because I think seeing like the huge investments I was making in myself and my business, it just triggers some people that they're not doing it sometimes. So it's not even that it's a reflection on you and how you're growing. Other people actually are internalizing and mirroring and seeing where they're not really pushing. And that tends to be a bit of a trigger. It's actually one of the biggest um, money blocks. One of the biggest abundance blocks that people have is fear of abandonment, 
which comes down to fear of losing relationships, fear of being judged, fear of people not accepting you for who you are because now you're up-leveling. But you just said it perfectly. It's not even about you. It's about them. <laughs> and again, like, think about the relationships that you will create. Like, number one, I would love to bring people with me. I'm on this journey to grow. I want to, like, make a huge impact in the world. I also want to be rewarded with a freaking incredible income. Yes. And I want my friends to join me on that. Think about the vacations we can go on, the cool shit that we can do without having to say, I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Like my business coach, she has this thing called the yacht club with her and her good friends. And she's like, everyone get on board. Let's go work with this coach. Let's grow. Because she just came back from a vacation that cost her 30,000 for two weeks. Like the friends who aren't up leveling to that can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, so important. Oh, and bring your friends with you and meet the people who can be a part of that new vision you're creating. Well, and that kind of, oh, we're coming up to now, but that kind of brought me another thing when you said that so many people look at what other people are doing. So like in the PR industry, when people are being featured, so many people look at that and go, well, somebody's already saying that somebody's already doing that. What do you say to those people? that everyone's going to resonate with someone else differently. I remember actually when I was just getting started in online business, there was one other person who does something really similar to me, go figure in the same city as me in this whole wide world. The way that she comes across versus the way that I come across are two totally different things. Like she's a little more harsh and abrasive. Like, I mean, not that I haven't been swearing on this episode, but (laughs) I think she swears a little more than I do. I'm like this peppy cheerleader who's totally energetic. I'm going to trigger the shit out of some people being so like positive and energetic all the time. So while we had a similar concept and something similar we were promoting, you might connect with her better. She may land better for you. So just know that your own voice, your own experience is unique. And again, bringing it back to connection, different people are going to connect with you in a different way. And you want to work with the people who connect with you, the people who are attracted to you. For those that don't land with you, they're going to go somewhere else. And that's totally okay. Like, I mean, there isn't just one personal trainer in the world. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch. So good. This is so good. Uh, This episode is going to be coming out at the end of March. And for anybody listening to this who is a health and fitness professional, Lisa Simone and myself actually are going to be speaking at the Canadian Fitness Business Summit. It takes place in April, April the 13th and 14th, I believe is the date. I'm going to post the link to get tickets. I am going to tell you guys, there's not a lot of tickets left, but if you want like two days full of just so much good information, and it's not about how to become a better personal trainer. It's about how to build a better business. (laughs) I'm going to link to this and you can see Lisa Simone there. And like, honestly, thank you so much for this. This has just been so full of amazing tidbits and like I said I need to go back and listen to this and like take some mad notes <laughs> I would have been doing it during it but that's just weird and my mic would pick that up <laughs> so how can people find you what's the best way to find you I'd say the best way to connect with me is to head over to lisasimonerichards.com slash limitless get on to the pitch to podcast challenge I've had people book 75% of the shows they reach out to from a free five-day challenge so Go do that. Start getting your voice out there. Get your message out there. Grow your influence, your impact, and your income. Mm, Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have no idea how much I love and appreciate you for taking time to listen. Because shows like this are not possible without people like you. You can find me over on Instagram at underscore Brenda Johnson. Tag me to post and let me know what your favorite episode has been. And if there's something that you want to hear, let me know. Shoot me a DM and I'm always going to get back to you. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible. So please take a moment if you can 
to leave me an honest comment and review so I know what you think of the show. And if you could, help me spread the love by hitting that share button.